Ladies and gentlemen. How about that first guy? Uh, uh, give it up for the dollop! This keeps getting awkward. What? Oh, a revolution! Can we a heretic! A... We could dollop about that. Is there security? Can we have her escorted out? What? She's the right one. I mean, I've never like... more. I've never been on someone's side more. It seems like we went from uh, like two to seven thousand. We, we know the two most part. important facts. I have. She uh, knows my name and has great boobs. Here's, here's the other thing. Uh, I have pretty nice boobs myself. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Well, this is awkward. Uh, Hi, everybody. Thank you for having us. Yep. Your, uh, your city's great. It's wet. <laughs> Thanks for having all the rain the two days I'm going to be here. I just uh, want to thank you guys for that. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. I've seen it uh, mostly in a car in a tunnel. It's been glorious, just magical. Don't look at me anymore. By the way, Gary works out in his, in. Oh, the, go fuck yourself. In the room and the places we're staying, he works out in his. I don't want great boobs. And he grunts and makes noise. I pump myself up. I'll be like, come on, buddy. Say shit like that. It's uncomfortable for people. Me. It's uncomfortable for me. Uh, so that's the show. Did you guys like it? <laughs> what? So you just, we, there's uh, not even an anecdote? We're do, no, we're doing a four-minute podcast. It's Is really bad. Good? It went really bad. Let's, um, let's bring up uh, your guest. You guys, uh, you guys have never seen this person before. <laughs> He's clearly a surprise guest. You have no idea who he is because we walked through the crowd with him. Ladies and gentlemen, the People's Choice Award winner, Will Anderson. Just to update you, she has great boobs. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Will. It's weird to say hello because we've just been hanging out, but yeah. hello. It's great hello to see you. Hello officially for the microphone. Are you guys using your stands? It's um, I'm just going to fucking see what happens. I like that attitude, bro. He's about to shout a date. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Why would you think that? Why that's would you think that? Dave. It's not how I do Dave. things. Dave. That's how you're, and what's happening? November right, exactly. 2006. I was going to say. That's what he said. <laughs> November 2006. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Sydney. Oh. Was it raining? Father Jeremy Davies of London's Westminster Archdiocese arrived in Sydney. Okay. The gray-haired 
four-year-old was the co-founder of the International Association of Exorcists in Rome. Oh, fuck me. That's not good. Well, all I know so far is he got in so he didn't come by boat. <laughs> oh, Waiting boy. for him were 27 other priests, including Bishop Julian Portois. Oh, I should have looked that one up. The Auxiliary Bishop of Sydney. Anybody know how to say his name? Right. We're, we're the, you're the right crowd. <laughs> Portois it is. Portois. He was second only to Cardinal George Pell in the uh, Sydney Archdiocese. Is he, one, is he one of the diddlers? Is he the diddler that had the, his church got burned down? No, unfortunately. <laughs> the night's young. He's a terrible person. Uh, George Pell, I'll give you a context for George Pell. Uh, he uh, is uh, now working uh, for the Pope, uh, you know, uh, in Rome. And, but he once said that he uh, came out against climate change uh, because he'd seen no proof that... <laughs> This is a guy who works for God. <laughs> but I'm still not convinced by that climate change. I'm pretty sure that burning bush is a message from God. Not a result of a drawing yeah, out over some of the need. Season. You know what? On this one, I'm going to need proof. Yeah. On this one right here. Okay. For the next two days, Father Davies led a secret forum on the ancient rite of exorcism. The right. The expulsion of demons and evil spirits from those who fear they are possessed. Like Tony Abbott. <laughs> he Local. doesn't fear it, though. He, s- he soaks in it. While he eats an onion. And he eats a fucking onion. <laughs> a crazy asshole. Who, who eats an onion... Here we go. ...knowing they made a horrible mistake and can keep that face... That's not human. A normal person's like, oh, fuck, that's an onion. But he's like. The worst thing about him for me is that, like, I live in America some of the time now, and sometimes in America they will make fun of us because they're like, oh, you're just America, but, like, five years on. And I'm always like, no, we're an independent country, and we make our own decisions. And then fucking five years later we've got our own George W. Bush. It's true. But what'll be funny, it'll be like in five years if we're all eating onions in the States. He'll be like, see? We are trendsetters. Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, Bloomin you guys onion. have those everywhere here. The rumors were true. Oh, man. Just like the Outback. It was done quietly, Bishop Portois said. Oh, boy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Bishops say that about a lot of stuff. <laughs> Some of those who attended were not officially exorcists. But I brought together those who had some involvement in the area. Priests who work in this area have little support, and so I wanted them to reflect and talk about it. it must that have must have been, been kind of awkward. It must have been a great meeting. Yeah. What I like about that, too, is there is still, like, within the exorcist community, a hierarchy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, some people are like, are you an official exorcist? <laughs> this uh, made-up thing. You know what? I've just been kicking around the amateur league for a while. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I <laughs> might get my stripes soon. Well, and there's just we'll some see. guy there who's like, no, my church is just doing bad. They're like, watch us suck a ghost out of this woman. <laughs> suck a ghost out. I'm a doctor. I am a doctor. I, uh, <clears throat> I, paid, I paid $40 to have a ghost sucked out of me. <laughs> and oh, I need that money. Oh. <laughs> 
That was the sexist. <laughs> oh yes. my god! Please, if there is uh, if there is a, a sex worker listening, please, uh, please change your name to the sexist. <laughs> Make some fucking scratch. Yeah, I beg of you. <laughs> Do a blowjob where your head turns around. <laughs> That would be great for doggy style. Like, how you doing back there? You good? How much longer? I'm going to go the other way. Oh, uh, tell me that's split pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> and it always ends by coming down the stairs. <laughs> uh, we have fun, guys, don't we? <laughs> The reason for Father Davy's visit was that a growing number of people have been approaching the church to seek, seek help in expelling what they believe are demonic spirits. This was 2006? Australia, 2006. <laughs> We've got bigger what, fish one to would fry think than we rain. were talking about America, but yeah. we're not. Yeah. Many of these people who approach the church for exorcism have got involved with various New Age or occult practices, says, Shocking. The, says the bishop. What starts off seemingly innocuous and not creating any difficulties at some stage turns dark. They start to experience quite frightening personal phenomena, and it is at this stage that they turn for help. The bishop sees a link between the growing demand. By the way, it says bishop, whatever his name is. I'm just changing it to the fucking bishop. Yeah. More badass. The bishop sees a link between the growing demand for exorcism and the spiritual adventurism of young Australians. He says the growth of non-Christian alternative relaxation techniques like yoga <laughs> stretch it out, get the devil in there. Get the devil in there. You feel that you feel that burn? That's a demon. <laughs> now let's play some traditional Australian music. Devil inside. <laughs> devil inside. <laughs> so this is what the young Australians are getting into. Right, Reiki? What is Reiki? Anybody? Uh, Reiki? Reiki. That's like... Reiki. 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 It's what like a it? spiritual healing technique where I don't think you touch the other person. It's like about energies or something. And you're like, whoa, oh, oh. I'm Reiki. No, no, no. Don't Reiki me. No, I don't want to be Reiki. Stop trying to I'm Reiki Re me. It's what new age spiritual kids play in the backseat of a car. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not raking you. Keep raking. Keep raking. I'm not raking you. That's Mom, actually what. Uh, me. That's what a yogi does in the backyard in autumn. They <laughs> rake the leaves. How, how come Will didn't come up with that one? That's like that was that's one of, that would have been a perfect Will joke. Just I keep jerking like me. Oh no, like, I, I was working on this one, the country western <laughs> song, "Aiki Raiki Heart." Um, <laughs> yoga, Reiki, as well as tarot cards, fortune telling, and seances pose temptations that could invite demonic trouble. He also points a finger at popular culture, saying Harry Potter books and films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bingo. For sure. And the vampire themed Twilight series yeah. have revived curiosity with the supernatural. Uh, it's true, yeah. man. It's Kids are true. the enemies. Shocker. While Twilight and Harry Potter are not themselves demonic. They can lead to a fascination in this world and young people can be drawn and become more attracted to these things and have, you know, uh, interesting ideas and creative stuff happen inside of them. 
Well, Twilight yeah, is full of bad messages, right? Isn't it about a thousand-year-old pedophile? Yeah, basically. It, right. There's the, like a vampire who's like a thousand years old and he just cruises high school for fucking teenage yeah. chicks. And then there's like a werewolf thing that uh, someone gets fucked and then has their own baby. Yeah, yeah. It's Someone's really fucking a wolf fucked. and a bat. It's something like that, right? It was written, it was written by a some Mormon. Ma- some pale girl's... <laughs> Go ahead. by a Mormon lady and it's all about abstinence except for all the fucking... Other than that, though. What? Other than that, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the bishop believes the challenge is real and says the church needs to respond by training more exorcists. So crazy. What the, the fuck? Because of Harry Potter? Look. We need more exorcists. This shit is happening in, in fucking Australia. It needs to be dealt with. The bishop, who has performed dozens of exorcisms himself, recently appointed an official exorcist to his Sydney archdiocese. I mean, this guy's going to be a fucking lunatic. I would like to normalize rather than sensationalize the ministry of exorcism. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not conflicting. <laughs> Let me rationalize pulling demons out of people. Just give you a little context for it. You know what? I would just like to say uh, pulling demons out of people is no big deal. Yeah. Just something everybody's doing now. It would be a good if the ministry of exorcism were established in the dia- dia- dioceses. Fuck. Huh? Diocese. Diocese. But there's four of them, so it's dioceses. Around us. <laughs> right, that's a diocese. Thank you. Uh, around Australia, and priests were appointed who had the competency to carry it out. Exorcists say that the signs of a demonic present can include someone speaking in a language they know nothing of, abnormal physical strength, and a violent aversion to cross, a violent aversion to the cross and other images of the Catholic faith. That's kind of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, can't, I, I haven't found anything to debate with so far. Let Dave suck a ghost out of you, then. He's <laughs> really good at it. Who are you going to call? <laughs> ghost suckers! <laughs> <laughs> Dave and a friend of no ghost, man. Oh, man. ghost! Casper. Hmm? Do you shout Casper when you... No. Nope. I shout thank you. (laughs) There are some Catholics, including in this clergy, who are very skeptical about all this fucking assholes. Yeah. Yeah, Apparently there's some priests who are like, this is stupid. Again, it's just where they're ruling their line on stupid things they believe. (laughs) But... Still going with the flood where there was only one family, but this is where I draw my line. Oh, this sounds crazy. <laughs> a man made earth in seven days. <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, Bishop Peter Elliott, uh, the uh, auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Melbourne, said that. So now we're getting Melbourne into it. I can okay. understand. I said Melbourne. Yeah. I'm leaving soon. But I'm you saying, did it right or I'm wrong? I'm using the born. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I can understand where they're coming from, but I think they are naive. Yep. Given the, <laughs> yep, they're naive for sure. You're, uh, you're not. Given this debate, it's not surprising that exorcists in Australia have traditionally shunned publicity. We have had a sort of a torpor in our church. Torpor? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't even know what that word means. I don't either, I'm but I just educated. said, yeah. I went to college. I know people don't believe this, but I did go to college. What's torpor mean? T-O-R-P-O-R, torpor. I mean, it's like a darkness or an impending cloud, isn't it? Like a torpor is sleep. Oh, like my dad. Sleep? No. We have had sort of a torpor. I like that he said that so fucking confidently, too. I was, like, stumbling around, like, in the general area. Like, I know it's a word. Yeah. And, uh... (laughs) Well, I said, yeah, too. So you were like, I have a partner, worst case scenario, and I had nothing. I was like, goodbye, Will. (laughs) I just thank God that a lot of people are waking up to it now, says Father Gregory Jordan, who is Brisbane's official exorcist. Oh, Jesus. There's a lot of them up there, I bet. There's so many that you need to have, like, each city needs a guy? Yeah, they have have one in each... uh, each, Good. Just to be safe. Father Jordan is one of the only of a handful of officially appointed exorcists in the Catholic Church in Australia. There's one in Sydney. But his identity remains secret. Oh my god! That's like, fucked up. No, that's like Batman. <laughs> Will, you can't let any secret identity excite you. Listen, to what's happening? It's so good. He's uh, exorcism man. Were his by parents killed in, my... in front of him? <laughs> by a ghost. Yeah, by ghosts. Says it right here. I'm the official. These guys are exchanging money. Oh, what's going on? Put it over there. Did you, did you guys make a wager on part of this? <laughs> I told you they wouldn't know torpor. <laughs> Seemed like a weird bet at the time, but I feel very validated. Now, you guys know each other, right? Because you're wearing a Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, and he's wearing a Mario Brothers shirt. If you guys don't know each other, go get pizza after this. I... You're going to have a lot of things in common. <laughs> the ship... Portois says he does not know how many official exorcists there are in Australia because no one keeps figures. What? That's fucking insane. How can you do that? But ideally, he would like to see more, a lot more, ideally for one of each of 30, Australia's 32 dioceses. So wow. he wants right. 32. One in each. So he's basically he's setting up a franchise. Yep. Yeah, it's he like needs a, like a manager at each place. Yeah. It's like a pie face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a gap in the market now that they shut down all those pie faces. Yeah. <laughs> and they're tr- we're going to set up exorcisms. Oh, I would love it if it became so popular. There were just little shops on the street and guys were like, hey, you want to an exorcism today, buddy? You want an exorcism? Uh, get your uh, demon sucked out of you? You know what I'm saying? You said exorcism, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get your, we'll get your demon sucked yeah, out of you. Because your gestures sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how we do it now. This is. Uh... Right. Demon exorcism. All right, I'm going to say yeah to both. And, yep. uh, uh, you want uh, for an extra 10 bucks, you can yeah. demon on my face? <laughs> what? That's, that's what we call the exorcism. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last June, the Vatican formally recognized the International Association of Exorcists. How can you have faith anymore in that? Once they say that, how can you not be like, well, they're fucking nuts. They're just nuts. They let smoke out of a chimney when there's a pope, and now this. At least they're, uh, you know, getting demons out of people while they diddle boys. I'm sorry, did I I just make a factually-based statement? (laughs) No, I think it's more like everyone in the room thought you gave them an idea. Uh, like now we have a cover story. No, this is how you get the demons out. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> just I need to make more house calls. 
Your boy's very sick. We're going to be in here for a while with the exorcism. You know what? The exorcism's going to take place up near a lake at a camp for about six days. I'm going to need some oil. Holy oil. Oh, yeah, holy oil. <laughs> we've, we've really hit that fast, right? It's like, for the first ten minutes, we're like, all right, we're in. They are pedophiles. Is that clear? Well, just for the record on that, though, and I know it seems mean because, of course, like they're not all pedophiles. No. But uh, just in most. Melbourne recently, there's a, uh, a, a like a vandal, a vigilante who's burning down like a, a series of churches. I think they've done like four or five churches, and they've all been uh, churches that had prominent pedophiles in those churches. So they think they're a vigilante. PPs. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's just a little nickname I have for prominent pedophiles. <laughs> Anyway, back to P squared. They had the spokesperson for the church on the radio, and they said, uh, uh, if, "If we need to worry about other churches, you know, that have had prominent uh, oh. pedophiles in them, which ones that we do oh, we need Jesus. to guard for?" And the spokesperson from the church said, "Well, most of them." Ah. <laughs> uh. That was the person from the church. That person needed some PR training before that interview. Most, wow. most. It's a hobby, so it's like, you know, train wow. sets. It's like Mario. <laughs> okay, so they recognize the International Association of Exorcists, which has 250 priests in 30 countries and was co-founded by Father Davies, an Italian priest, Gabriel Amorth, who claims to have personally rid the world of 160,000 demons. Oh. But that's just so non-factually, but like I could say that. Yeah. That's a made-up number. Yeah, 160,000. Like who's even keeping count at that level? Yeah. He's got a little book, and after each exorcism, he opens it up and puts a little check mark. That's like drive-through exorcisms. You're just fucking moving fast. He just drives by with a little holy water and a cross. The demon is out of you. Here's your holy water. See you later. Thanks. (laughs) You had the number four, right? Very few priests know how to conduct an exorcism, and they are only allowed to do so after being granted permission by a bishop. This short of uh, uh, this shortage of exorcists <laughs> is a global one. Uh, oh, by the way, also, I love the fact that they have the nerve to mock Harry Potter. Because <laughs> all the shit that you're reading yeah, out yeah. makes as much sense as that shit. But anyway, go on. <laughs> and then Dumbledore pulls someone out of the hat. I don't know either reference. <laughs> I'm limited to otherwise I'd be, I was like working on a Quidditch joke, but I was like, I got nothing. So I Quidditched it. <laughs> oh, point to Gryffindor. <laughs> I believe might be a reference. I'm officially out. I'm officially... Yeah, I don't know either. I know Gargamel. Was that the right... T- keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Yeah. Keep reading. Uh... Too many bishops are not taking this seriously and are not delegating their priests in the fight against the devil, says Father Amorth. You have to hunt high and low for a proper trained exorcist. What? Case in point. January 1993, Antwerp, Australia. Antwerp is a small town in Victoria, Australia, in the Shire of Hindmarsh. Shires, they have hobbits. (laughs) Again, I got nothing. Hindmarsh. It is... uh, What? Hind Marsh. This is awkward. I'm, gonna I'm go just saying, if that guy can correct me, I can correct you. <laughs> I think you might have demons in you. 
<laughs> punctual. Uh, no, I, anyway. <laughs> you and your correct language. <laughs> Demonic. See, when a word's wrong, it's the language's fault to Dave. Well, it's a stupid word. <laughs> 356 kilometers. Northwest of Melbourne. The area was first settled by Europeans in uh, 1846 for sheep grazing. In 1858, two Moravian missionaries, Reverend Frederick Heinauer... Sorry, his family. ...and uh, the Reverend Spikitzi arrived in the area by... Hang on, what was the second guy's name? Actually, let's hear both again, just to be safe. (laughs) Reverend Frederick Heinauer and Reverend Spikitzi... I don't know anything about them other than what you've said, but they feel like a mismatched couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of a couple of bros who okay. found God and then decided to head to a really tiny place in Australia. Great. Just a couple of guys <laughs> way outside the city. Oh uh, no, no. Wait a minute. A couple of reverends getting a house together. <laughs> that's all. That's all that's going on. Just oh a couple boy. of bros. Oh boy! Outside the city. Uh, I mean, I think we Just might have already. God. I think we might have already done our material for the rest of the podcast. You know, just one, just a one-bedroom place out in Antwerp. By 1859, they had built a church, and in 1860, they baptized their first Aborigine. Yay! Congratulations. That worked out great for that guy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that, the first one was probably like, what is happening right now? What the fuck uh, is going on? Sure, you can dunk me in water. <laughs> uh, during the 1880s, the township became known for distilling eucalyptus oil, which was sold under the brand name EMU. Large grain silos were built there in the 1950s. Social in- infrastructure reflected the larger population in the early years which included a hall built in 1904, a Methodist church, and sports facilities, including an oval and tennis courts at a recreation reserve across the river. The town previously... An, wait, an oval? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. probably... It's for... Uh, for uh, sports. A, yeah, sports. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. I just wanted to... <laughs> I just wanted to... I know. <laughs> an oval. We yeah, all, you're a, you're and a, a triangle? <laughs> I'm starting... Want to go play Rhombus? Have you guys seen the Oblong? We're going to go play Rectangle. Hey, meet me at the Octagon! (laughs) Well, that's fighting. Dodecahedron? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That's where ultimate fighting's going. It's an actual thing. Welcome to the Dodecahedron. Tonight, one night only. Will Gareth score at the Dodecahedron? (laughs) Okay, tennis and rowing clubs. I want to know more about this sport I'm playing. (laughs) However, today Antwerp is not what it was. Antwerp is hardly a township now at all. In reality, it can hardly be called a town. It is no more than a grain silo, a general store, and about six houses stuck in the middle of the Wimera. Uh, The grain silo is currently not utilized. The local school closed in 1981, although the uh, tennis club is still competing, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) I, 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 I probably should speak up for the people who listen in Australia. I'm going to say Wimmera. It's a Wimmera? Okay, yeah. whatever how you want to call it. Uh, Is the, the oval still there? <laughs> yeah, but it's a little round now. It's the worst one that happens. The ruins of the Ebenezer Mission to Aborigines uh, have been restored and is the town's tourist attraction. That's got to be great. This is where we just ruin their lives. 
Although there is a house that is an unofficial tourist destination, mostly for curious loose, uh, okay. youths. Loose. It is Both. the home of Joan and Ralph Volmer, or was. Ralph was a pig farmer. Joan began acting strangely in 1990. <laughs> By September, Ralph had Joan admitted as an involuntary patient to a psychiatric hospital. She was diagnosed as schizophrenic and depressed. Dramatic pause. <laughs> Here come the chuckles. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't you have a joke. Believe, you guys aren't going to believe where this goes. She had a rather, rather rough childhood, and after three weeks of treatment, she was released, and they were advised her condition required ongoing medication. But Joan immediately stopped taking her medication after being released, and her problems continued to become worse. Three years later, in 1993, Ralph, Ralph became convinced his wife was possessed by demons due to her strange behavior, which included her using terribly filthy language, <laughs> acting like a prostitute... How do you act like a prostitute? Like, you hey, are a prostitute. Would you like to fuck? Yeah, that's a prostitute. What? <laughs> or maybe she was charging him. <laughs> that's true. All right, that'll be 45. Sorry? Excuse me? You're my wife. Can, we, can I just get the ghost out? <laughs> and she was also looking and sounding like a pig and a dog. Well, let's start there. <laughs> What? She, How, I mean, like, do, does it have any sense of proportion between which of the two she most resembled? Like, is it half and half like a top deck chocolate? Or, like, is it like a mixture of the two? Yeah, I, was like, she a pog? I think she grew, I think she grew a snout and a tail. <laughs> she grew a, a hairy snout, tail. And, she grew a and snout and a, and a tail snout. and could find yeah. truffles. She could find a lot of truffles. Yeah. And she started eating her shit in the front yard. But wait, so she looked like a pig and acted like a dog. She looked and sounded like a pig and a dog. Say, it would be better to be one or the other and have a secret identity. Yeah. yeah. I would say be a dog by day. And a rough, pig rough, by rough. <laughs> Oink. <laughs> oink, oink. <laughs> yeah. Oink, oink, oink. 45 for a fuck. The dog night rises. <laughs> Pig dog. <laughs> the Volmers had uh, some local friends, Miss Leanne Reichenbach and her husband John, and a David Klinger, whom they had met shortly after the Volmers arrived at Antwerp in 1987. They initially thought the Salvation, uh, initially through the Salvation Army, they met, and then later they became closer to their interest in the, oh fuck, <laughs> charismatic movement. We should keep that going. I don't, you're, did you just look at it's me to find out what the charismatic yeah, I, movement is? This well has run dry. I, I usually... Like I, the charismatic movement? Yeah. yeah that's it, was that a thing? Called. Yeah, clapping. Oh, the, yeah, charismatic the, movement sounds like when George Clooney has a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, that is a charismatic movement. Really George, is. that just Must got nominated. <laughs> It's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous movement. But wait, sorry. So it's just clapping and waving your hands. It's a, it's a, it's a religious thing. It's a, it's a trend of mainstream congregations that are adopting beliefs and practices similar to Pentecostals. Oh, good. Oh. Well, that's a good start. That's good to hear. Fundamental oh. to the movement is the use of spiritual gifts. Charismatic Christians believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are described in the New Testament 
and are available to contemporary Christians through the infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit. These spiritual gifts are believed to be manifest in the forms of signs, miracles, and wonders, including, but not limited to, speaking in tongues, interpretation of in tongues, prophecy, healing, and discarnation of spirits. So kind of what she's doing. So she is speaking in uh, tongues, and then down here it says they really like speaking in tongues. Thank you for that bottom lining. I'm back in, baby. So, so wait. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, so they're, they're the hand-clapping ones you see like yeah. on uh, uh, True Detective. They're like that, sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. So naturally, Ralph turned to his like-minded friends. He enlisted the help of Leanne Reichenbach, 31 at the time, and David Klinger, then 28. Together, they would rid Joan of demons. Their exorcism began a week before her t- January, before January 23rd, 1993, and involved lots of praying and forcibly keeping her inside the house. Like a dog. Well, much like a dog. It was just like, she's like, acting like a dog. Yeah. You treat her like a dog. You want to go outside, you beg. <laughs> I don't know her. I'm not... <laughs> Is she here? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Sweet God. I mean, rough. <laughs> Oink. $45. On one occasion, she was tied to a chair. Okay. Oh, yeah. When Joan violently resisted being restrained, Ralph went a step further and used her stockings to also tie her feet to the boards to restrict her further movement. Look, they're trying to help her. David said they had decided to strap Joan to the chair because she had been throwing herself on the floor and lying in a sexual position. Well, she's a prostitute. And a pig. Yeah. But also, how can you lie on the floor and it not be a sexual position? That is a good point. Yeah. (laughs) And it's true. I'm trying to think of one. Yeah. Anyone is presenting. Yeah. I can't think of one position you're laying on the floor where I can't fuck you. (laughs) Or be fucked in return. (laughs) Uh, he claimed the demon was getting strength from this legs apart position. There you go. So that's okay. a classic demon thing. Yeah. If, okay. uh, if a woman parts her legs on the floor, yeah. if she's inviting a demon in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what my, I was taught as a child uh, in sex ed class. David said that while Joan was tied to the chair, he was forcibly holding her eyelids back by pulling the skin up to the bones. Jesus so she could, Christ. So she could see the presence of the Lord. He's yeah. clockwork oranging her. Well, she needs to look at the Lord. Yeah, she the needs Lord's to really there. take a fucking look. She doesn't want to miss the Lord. You're on the side of him now? No, I, I was doing it with irony. <laughs> I love you. This went on, <laughs> this went on for days. <laughs> She was tied to a chair for days? With her eyes being pried open to yeah. see the Lord. Or else she would lay on the floor and try and get fucked. By Friday... Not good options. By, fr- by Friday, January 29th, 1993, Ralph, Leanne, and David conceded the methods they were using were not working. <laughs> oh. Shocking. It just sounds like a kidnapping. I'm shocked it didn't work. Well, I mean, you know, kudos to them for... Admitting they were wrong. Right. I mean, they explored a hypothesis and yeah. it didn't work out. But you know what? There's no such thing as a bad idea. Hey. No, there's not. Joan, we were in the other room. We've been talking. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Get on the floor. <laughs> 
So Joan, they believe, was still possessed. Okay. So they decided to call in the big guns. Okay. Time to stop fucking around. Get someone who can stop this shit. Enter 22-year-old Matthew Nusky. I am. Well, at the Nus- time, he was an assistant greenkeeper at the Ringwood Golf Course. <laughs> this dude must have really punched up his resume. <laughs> nah, mate, this is like the fucking karate kid. <laughs> Like, he's just a young fucking kid from the blocks that no one it's expects. A, it's a Cinderella make story. Yeah. Uh, I know how to drive around in a little car and pick up golf balls. All right, want to get a demon out of a woman? He's not even the greenkeeper. He's an assistant. I know how to watch someone drive a car and pick up golf balls. I'm really good at it. Matthew's mother, Kathy, had recommended him as an exorcist, even though he had never performed an exorcism. I mean, bless your mum for believing in you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He's never done it, but I think he could. He's going to be a natural. You keep saying you want to be an exorcist, and you're not doing anything about it. Well, I found some people. uh... You know how you say you hate your job at the golf course? (laughs) You know, I was talking to Jenny at the Baker's, and she was saying they have a ghost. They have an opening for an exorcist. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Matthew Nusky arrived at the Volmer house on the morning of Saturday, January 30th, and he got to work. The first thing he did was ask Ralph for some cling film so he could run around the house with it seven times. Were there leftovers? To perform a protective shield to ward off spirits. I mean, how little do you think of spirits? Yeah, but right, right then they know they're dealing with a professional. No, it's like how cats freak out when they hear aluminum foil. Like, it's the same thing with ghosts. They just cling film. Oh, just... shit. They know about the cling film. Go through the wall. (laughs) It's the only thing they can't go through. (laughs) That and Tupperware. That's all you need for a ghost. Uh, It sticks to them and then it gets all folded up and they're like, God damn it. Never going to get out of this. (laughs) Also, is he getting paid for this exorcism? Is there any, like... No, I don't think... Because if I was going to get an exorcist in, even if he's not done his own one, you bring your own fucking clean film. Yeah, to that's me, true. Why I do I have to support? What if I didn't have a clean film? Oh, uh, you're lucky I do. Okay, good. That's important. That's <laughs> integral. Oh, that's because that's the first thing I have to do. Yeah. So thank God you have some or this whole thing would be fucked. You guys shout up a number every time I do a lap. I'm going to do seven. One! I'm going I'm to be playing oval. <laughs> the, other, the other ones are just standing around going, man, he's really good. Look at him go. Look at him go. This is a really great exorcism. You know, he's we never done this before. This. He's never done this before. Look at him. Hard to, hard to believe. Kathy, Kathy was right. Her boy is, is darn good. <laughs> Matthew quickly took the leadership role in the exorcism process. He ordered several of Joan's most treasured possessions to be destroyed. Oh. Smart. I mean, at 22, he's got some swing. Yeah, he really does. He's really going he's for it. Into it you know? What does she love? Break it! <laughs> This is my first time, but I'm sure this was what works. Yeah. 
That's her collection of little ceramic <laughs> dolls. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah. Now to treat the ghosts like leftovers. <laughs> well, he believed that the demons were living in the possession, so... Uh, there you go. So why would you? So he's being logical. Well, no. You what? Go bury him far away or something. <laughs> Cut him into four pieces and bury him on different continents. Or just get. <laughs> or also just get the demons out of the possession. Yeah, like, you're an exorcist. Isn't his whole job to get demons out of things? What? Oh no, yeah. I can get him out of a person, but yeah. I can't get him out of a toy doll. <laughs> or it's like Fuck Ghostbusters, you. where he's just got the one thing, and he's like, I can keep one. <laughs> so. We're going to smash these. Why don't you just smash her? I'm sorry. Keep going. Hold on. They started the exorcism at about 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, uh, it was a 40-degree day. That's 104 for our American listeners. Uh, a chair was placed in the center of the non-air-conditioned kitchen, and the struggling Joan was forced to sit in it. Ralph had one of, his le- one of his wife's legs between his legs and was holding one arm. Leanne had the other leg between her legs, and Matthew was holding the other arm, and David was holding her head from behind. One demon then identified itself as Princess Joan. <laughs> That's her childhood fantasy coming out of her. Hey, I'm Princess Joan. <laughs> You've caught me. It's so weird that your name is Joan. Actually, your real name is Joan. <laughs> Wait. Her name is Joan. Wait, when you say identify, so that's what, sh- so Joan is saying that, right? Joan is saying she's Joan. So Joan's just she's bad at improv. A- so she's really bad at improv. Yeah, she's just like, I'm Princess Joan. <laughs> Fuck, Joan. Come on, any other name, Joan. <laughs> so, Matthew, the. <laughs> The whole while Joan's like, you know what? They've had me strapped to a chair for three fucking <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. My eyes have been like, let's see if Amy Poehler's any good at improv. Yeah. If they torture her for three days before her. <laughs> let's see Will Ferrell riff some shit at the fucking Oscars after we waterboard him backstage. Fuck you. I, my, my heart goes out to Princess Joan. <laughs> Matthew then contacted the Lord in front of everyone. He oh. called him, right? Uh, yeah. what, what year was it? was the late 90s. What? Yeah, late, late 90s. 90s yeah. Mid, 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 nine, it would have MySpaced him. Or Fren- Friendster. Did you guys have Friendster? That was the first one. Probably Friendster the Lord. Uh, he was in the top eight on MySpace. Matthew then contacted the Lord in front of everyone, and the Lord confirmed Princess Joan's presence in Joan. Well, yep, it, that's, uh, yep you're right, Matthew. That's Joan and Joan. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> now, uh, maybe you don't have this information or you would have already shared it, but do we have any sense of how the Lord communicated that it was Joan inside Joan? Well, Matthew just went up and went like, hey, Lord, is that Joan in there? And the Lord... Yes. I mean, he was just, ta- he was just talking to Matthew. So I assume the Lord went, yeah, man, that's her. Weren't you just working at a golf course? <laughs> I had a different path for you. <laughs> it involved something much more simpler grass <laughs> they decided to forcibly remove the demon they began by squeezing and pushing up from Joan's womb with the intention of pushing it out through her mouth now that's just a classic exorcism yeah. where you try pushing to push it, it like how dumb do you think a demon is well, you oh just... no the womb's sticking in oh you're pushing 
Me out, it's, demon. It's not as woomy in here anymore. <laughs> should get out of here. Should roll. There's the a divide in the applause. crowd about that one. <laughs> that was the set. It was almost like you didn't want to applaud, but you were. <laughs> like, a de- like a demon was making you do it. Leanne was pushing the spirit from Joan's stomach up through her body towards her mouth when David said the demon was in Joan's neck. Oh, yeah. So they're treating her like a tube of toothpaste that's yeah. almost out of toothpaste, yeah. really. Just like, Just... don't let it drip down. We've almost got it. We've got we... It. We come this far. Curl her legs. Curl her legs up. Roll her legs up. Roll her up from the womb. That's there there we go. Yeah, seen. roll from the womb. David then forced it up from there to the chin area. Oh, yeah. It then took 20 minutes. Oh, God. Oh, no. To <laughs> what? I just, I feel like this. To move the demon up to his wife's tongue. Uh-huh. David then put his fingers in the side of Joan's mouth and forced her jaw down so Leanne could. No, 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 no. Grab Joan's tongue. No, no fucking way. This is all way. very normal. Med- Dude, this wait a fucking... Normal, wait, no, no, no. This wait is a- normal medical stuff. Medical? I know what's about to happen. This is doctor stuff. After a few minutes of Leanne and David having their finger in Joan's mouth, they finally released the demon. Ugh. Matthew is saying, they're released! And Joan confirmed it. All the demons were gone. I'm not a princess anymore. And so was Joan. Her thyroid cartilage had been fractured, which caused her to have a heart attack and die. I mean, what an unfortunate coincidence. <laughs> right on on a day of such a miracle, for such a sadness to happen on that exact same day. <laughs> so they, Joan... they broke her things and then they broke her. That's the whole thing. Just Well, they got the demon out. Yeah. I don't know why you guys are looking at the negative. That's like a guy going, well, here's the good news. I got rid of the cockroaches. Here's the bad news. I burnt down your house. Thank you very much. I'll see ya. I used to work at a golf course. (laughs) So it was real easy. I just lit your house on fire. Yeah, the cockroaches are gone. I'll see ya. When Joan stopped thrashing and spewing her filthy words, everyone assumed they had successfully exercised the demon or demons. They then waited for her to spring back to life, demon-free. And they waited. They weren't concerned that it didn't happen immediately, figuring resurrections take time. Sure, we've all read the journals. So they got out their Bibles. But also, you know there's got to be that conversation where it's taking... Everyone thought it was going to be really immediate, and then it's taking a little bit of time, and one turns the other way. Do you think it's something to do? So what do we do if she doesn't... um, No, no, it probably takes her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, had a demon her? in her for yeah, five weeks. Yeah, she's exhausted, but it's been thirty-five just... minutes, yeah, but that's... and how she's bluish. <laughs> um... Oh, get ready, gentlemen. That's not enough. They weren't concerned that it didn't happen immediately. Figuring resurrections take time, so they got out their Bibles and prayed around the body for oh. two days. Oh my God! Oh my fucking God! Hang on, are you telling us the story they base Weekend at Bernie's on? Because, because if they end up dragging her around... Yeah. Joan, how are you? Morning! Joan seems fine. I just bought her jet ski. Remember, it's 104 degrees, so just 
Just a, just a few people hanging around a body in 104 degree weather. Okay. Totally normal. Leanne Clugston, 78, who had been offering exorcism advice to the exorcism team over the phone from a rainbow home for several days, got a message from the Lord to go out and lay hands on Joan. She went to the Volmer property on Sunday where she saw Ralph, Leanne, and David sitting at the kitchen table reading Bibles and praying. <laughs> praying really hard but, now. Please, Lord. Uh, please, Lord. Double down. Please, double down. Lord. Please. This could be way, categorized as murder, Lord. Please, <laughs> Lord. Please. Just so, just so we're aware of the count, there's Leanne and her husband, Matthew and his mom, Ralph, David, and now Lee, who all know about the exorcism. So that's seven people involved in this fucking thing. Right. They should have hired the main greenskeeper, the head greenskeeper. That guy... <laughs> Probably would have been That's way a, better. Couldn't afford him. Skimped yeah, on costs he's, he's, in the end. That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he had a corporate exorcism at a time. Couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> Lee went to the bedroom and laid her hands on Joan and commanded her to rise and walk. Joan did not rise and walk. <laughs> Lee left and thought about it. Hmm. Now she that might seems be weird. Dead. That she didn't get up. Then on Monday, two days after the death, Lee told her local minister who went to the farm and called a doctor. Why would you call a fucking doctor? But also two days, right? Is that how long she thought about it? Like two days, she's like mused on. She molded over. Yeah. I'm going to get a doctor over here. (laughs) See if he can perform CPR. Now, Ralph was still convinced that he'd done nothing wrong and that he was just doing what was necessary to help his wife. Of course. He told the police who interviewed him that his wife would rise from the dead and was, was happy to describe to them what happened during the exorcism. Sure, mm-hmm. we killed her. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be back in two, yeah, three days. Yep. Totally dead, ripped out of town. Yep. Oh, yeah, you can arrest me, but the uh, joke's going to be on you when she yep. comes walking in here to get me out. I'll be out by the end of the day. She'll bail me out. She'll, she's alive. I mean, she's bubbling over there, but she'll come back. She'll actually represent me in the trial. Goodbye, Princess Joan. Hello, Lawyer Joan. On an all-new Lawyer Joan. <laughs> Your Honor. A former princess. <laughs> I mean, just for the record, we've also pitched the most popular show in America because the two most popular shows are law shows and zombie right, yeah. shows. And if we could come up with a show where someone comes yeah. back from the zombie dead. Zombie lawyer. Zombie lawyer. <laughs> Brains, 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 brains. Uh, brains, brains, brains. Your Honor. <laughs> he's got a good objection. Your Honor, he's eating the witness. <laughs> I'll allow it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, <laughs> that may be my favorite moment of the dollop <laughs> ever. I think we may have to quit now. <laughs> oh my god! Police asked Ralph if the pressure being applied to Joan's neck would have hurt her. To which Ralph replied, "My word, <laughs> I'm offended by that question, sirs." Of course, it would It would have hurt my wife terribly, but it wasn't my wife. We weren't dealing with my wife in any way anymore. This is the whole point. See, I wouldn't allow anything like that to happen to my wife. She wasn't my wife. She was an evil spirit that needed to be dealt with. I felt the spirits released. 
I'm using my own accent because I can't do Australian. Yeah. Just so you know, I can't do You know do what the Australian. best thing about that, though, is now I'm picturing, uh, and the timeline's all wrong for this, but I, what I love is the idea that, like, in a different timeline, he's panicked because he said my wife so many yeah. times. It felt like Bora had just come out, like, six <laughs> weeks beforehand, and this guy's like, I fucked up. So he's going, my wife. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Mawa. <laughs> we weren't dealing with my wife. <laughs> he only killed a princess. So, isn't that a worse crime? Oh, you're gonna need. I this. just love that he's just like exp- the cops must have been like, what? Yeah, well, that the question they asked him is such a softball. They were just yeah. like, would it have yeah. killed her if you strangled her? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah I bet it would have. But it wasn't her. Right. Yeah, she was a right. pig demon. So uh, you can't arrest me for killing a pig demon? Okay. Anyway, you guys hungry? Thirsty? Police then asked Ralph if the force being used on his wife could have caused her serious injury. Yeah. Under normal circumstances, yes, if she yeah. was herself. Uh-huh. I don't think she could have taken what she took. I don't think she could have taken that sort of punishment. Not punishment. Uh, you know what? You know, force that was inflicted upon her. I'm, I'm willing to say... He's right. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Police asked if his wife had consented to the treatment, to which Ralph replied, no, certainly not. Well, Ralph, this is starting to sound like a murder. Uh, everything you're saying is not good. This is the quickest episode of Law & Order ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there's no <laughs> that trial was three and a half minutes. What? This episode of Law & Order is 30 minutes. It just had the one bum. 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 (laughs) Ralph then told police that even though his wife was, quote, cold and stiff the day after the exorcism, he had confirmation from the Lord that she would be resurrected and and that God would give her a new body because the old one was decomposing. Oh. (laughs) Well, we're going to need to talk to this God guy. Now, is this a story about the guy who invented wife swap? (laughs) Okay. That's my wife. She's in there. She's laying there. I'm going to live with yours for a week. You know, the problem with Joan is she doesn't do chores. She's not good with the kids, and she's, she's not moving. I mean, she's really not doing anything. Ralph went to live with a woman who was domineering and a businesswoman. Jeff went to live with a corpse. Jeff lived with the dead pig, Joan. <laughs> Jeff's uh, like, the boys like her, but I found her lifeless. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> the kids are responding. They're climbing the on her, but honestly, <laughs> I... I would love the post one where they sit down. Look, man, your wife's really mean, and she told me what to do all the time, and she wasn't nice. Your wife's dead. <laughs> Don't you say that about my Joan. She coming back. Uh, or he loves it. I loved having Joan in the house. She really yeah. taught me the balance this household needs. She did not pipe up like the other one. No. I did not no, know. Before Joan, it was all about me. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I've spent time wiping her down and keeping her cold, I know how to take care of a woman. By the way, corpses fart. 
Leanne told That's not a complaint. <laughs> Leanne told police that Joan needed to be held down because she was physically violent, violent towards whoever was praying for her release from the demons. You know, the people killing her. And that Joan needed to be slapped across the face. But she couldn't remember how many times. And that while she had her fingers in Joan's mouth, the demon growled through her. Oh. That happens. The demon might have been Joan. Leanne said she was prepared to restrain Joan because, quote, I know where I stand in power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and his power and his authority is much greater than the evil ones. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Said yeah. the murderers. Said the murderers. <laughs> David told police that just before Ms. Volmer died, she was breathing heavily, salivating, and making strange animal noises. Like a dog. Like a choking to death person. I opened her mouth and Leanne put her finger on her tongue and we prayed again and eventually she started foaming at the mouth and groaning like a bull. Like a rabid dog. She had this hideous expression on her face. Her cheeks were sucked in and her chin and then her face turned a bright purpley color and then went white. (laughs) Like, what happens uh, when you kill someone? (laughs) Bright purpley. They said they gave her mouth-to-mouth and cardiac compression but there was absolutely no glimmer of life. He said that none of them rang an ambulance or doctor because the Lord kept promising them that he would return her. <laughs> Look, we would call a doctor, but I'm, get, I'm hearing stuff. Also, I love the idea of the Lord being like this dude who's not really getting back to him on like... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's a guy who's like, yeah, I think I mailed that check. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I know she's coming back, but I got, I, I've, got, I've just had a really busy week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had to help Kanye win in a... Uh, oh, this one went straight to voicemail. Yeah. Lord, so, listen. <laughs> feels like... You know what? I'm going to get to that, but uh, Game of Thrones just started. <laughs> But I'm going to get to Joan in a minute. Hold on now. It's the weekend, bro. I'm the Lord. Today's my day. <laughs> it's Sunday. You kidding me? Sunday. The Lord's day. Sunday. I Come wrote on. it in the Bible. You <laughs> shall rest. Anyway. I'm resting. She's resting. <laughs> Leanne and David later wrote to their former pastor, Roger Atzi, seeking absolution for their role in the exorcism. The pastor had excommunicated Leanne and her husband, John, from the... Uh, Lutheran congregation they were in in 1992 because of their extreme religious beliefs. In relation... I mean, that's really saying something. (laughs) I know, right? Get out of here. You're crazy. I mean, we're crazy, but you're crazy. (laughs) Anyway, where are the snakes? Yeah, someone get the snakes out and get these people out of here. They're nuts. Let them bite you. Let them bite you. It's fine, gang. But not Joan and Leanne, fucking nutballs. (laughs) In relation to our involvement in recent events, we would like to express our sorrow and seek your forgiveness where we have acted in the flesh outside of the will of God, said their letter. We recognize that we can, can and do make mistakes and need God's grace and forgiveness. Uh, he did not give them. No, that did not happen. They did not get absolution. In February 1994, they were ordered to stand trial. Leanne David uh, were convicted of killing Miss Joan Vollmer. Matthew Nusky was acquitted on the manslaughter charge, and Ralph Vollmer was acquitted on his manslaughter charge, as there was no evidence either of them had touched Miss Vollmer's neck. What the fuck's wrong with your country? That's got to be weird when he goes back to the golf course. Yeah, I tried, but... You know what? I'm better at flowers and grass. My mom wasn't right. She believed in me, but I couldn't 
Make her dream come true. I was true. living my mom's dream. I really was. I was living my mom's dream. I was living for my mom. I didn't want to be an exorcist. Anyway, a woman's dead. That's $8 for the bucket. <laughs> so, yeah, I murdered someone. How many T's? Let's well, say you got some putting demons. We all got our demons, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no. We all got our demons. Don't use a four eye on your center. <laughs> sorry. I am so sorry. I'm I have sorry. two jobs. My bad. Uh, Ralph was found guilty by the jury of recklessly causing his wife's serious injury and falsely imprisoning her. And Matthew was convicted of false imprisonment. Okay, so good. Okay. All right. Leanna was ordered to serve four months in jail. What? What? Uh, Four she, months. She killed someone and she paid the price. Uh, 20 months of her sentence uh, was suspended. David was jailed for three months, and within 15 months, uh, his sus- uh, sentence was suspended. What? Ralph and Matthew both walked free after being given a wholly suspended sentence of 16 months. <laughs> the fuck? You Look guys are awesome. <laughs> I hope this is not representative. I I keep our system. Is this this is this is what happened in your system? This is Australia's. It just sounds like America. It's such a relief. (laughs) Just so refreshing. You guys are so right now. Like I like the story about crazy America. Uh, Yeah. Years later, when contacted by a reporter, Ralph Vollmer now married to his third wife. Because who wouldn't? Who uh, wouldn't? Who wouldn't marry that guy? Uh, yeah, so tell know, me about your ex. Oh, uh, I choked her when I was getting a demon out of her. Uh, what What do you do for a living? I'm, I'm an accountant. You what did you married? say? I uh, my wife had a demon in her, and I choked it out of her and killed her, and didn't spend a day in jail. Can I get the lobster? <laughs> You bet you can. <laughs> Did you make a pig noise? I love lobster. <laughs> uh, he, uh, the, to the reporter, he tried to shift the blame away from himself and onto the hospital. Ralph said he wouldn't have had to take matters into his own hands if the hospital he took her to for psychiatric help had done a better job. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's point. that's true. Yeah, They're that, to blame. That is yep. actually a good point. That's My biggest <laughs> mistake was made by uh, the biggest mistake was made by the hospital in Ballarat because they released her when she wasn't ready to be released. So I had to kill that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Will you say when the quote's over? Because oh, did I run on with that sentence? I think you're still in character too. It What's feels like. that, Ralph? <laughs> you look like a dog to me. Do you want to switch seats? You look like a dog. Mr. Vollmer also insisted that everything he did was done to help his wife, but admitted that he should have gotten more professional help. I mean, now I look back on it, and I think, yeah, I probably shouldn't have killed her. Uh, so well, that's and- nice. He's used it as a learning moment. Yeah, you it know? is teachable, yeah, yeah. very much so. Uh, so this... <laughs> I'll never do that again. Thank so th- you. this sort of example is why Father Jeremy Davies of the International Association of Exorcists uh, came to Australia, because professionals are needed. Okay. What? Wait. We're wait. making a point here that amateurs are bad. <laughs> Father Jordan of Brisbane says he has been performing exorcisms at a rate of around uh, one a week for the past seven years, and that demand for his services is rising, especially on the Gold Coast. (laughs) 
Now it all makes fucking sense. But don't you, like, one of the things I always think of when we do these is how, like, you know, the history's fucked up. This is like the Lobotomobile. It's just like a fucking psycho doing whatever the fuck he wants and everyone being like, it's fine, it's easy, don't worry about it. What's the Gold Coast? It's like the South, but with better beaches. Oh. (laughs) Now I get it. That is, yeah. It's kind of true. They have this event at uh, the Gold Coast called Schoolies Week where all the uh, like people who are finishing year 12 at high school uh-huh. go to the Gold Coast and like party for like a week. Uh-huh. And, and, like, it's like uh, spring break. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, it's like spring break. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. example. Okay. I like to refer to the Gold Coast as the only place in Australia when Schoolies comes to town, the IQ goes up. <laughs> oh, God. At least it's a bunch of people who have finished year 12. That's... <laughs> It's like Mensa coming to town for the Gold Coast for a fucking week. Exorcisms drop that right. week. Yeah. So is Brisbane? No, that's not a demon. It's a personality. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> we killed a woman. Father Jordan of Brisbane says, "I regard the Gold Coast as Sodom and Gomorrah. It, sh- <laughs> it should be pounded with fire and brimstone." <laughs> he chuckles. He chuckled while he said that. I kind of like this guy a little bit. <laughs> Good sense. But doesn't pounding something with fire and brimstone sound like something more like that would happen in Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah. You're like, hey, guys, come over to Sodom or Gomorrah. We're having a pounding with brimstone We're going to pound the brimstone tonight, boys. Come on. Fire's on me. <laughs> Father Jordan is scathing of those who dismiss as fiction the notion of demonic possession. Oh. Of a person or home. It has nothing to do with mental illness when you see a household where the dog refuses to go into the room. Sorry, what? You know what? It has nothing to do with mental illness when you see a household where a dog refuses to go into a room where there's a problem. So, I don't even know. If there's a dog that refuses to go into a room, clearly it's a demon. What's the matter with you guys? What the fuck? Oh, How do you boy. think demons work? You think dogs just run through rooms that demons are in? Well, he got into the garbage. He's possessed. Or where it is distinctly cold for no reason. Or where physical contact is made by night visitors. Night visitors? You mean the police? I don't understand what you're saying. Who are these night visitors and what are they contacting? (laughs) Exactly. They're demons. Oh, no. Night visitors. Ding dong. Or where the cat jumps right through the wire door at the back. What? That's very specific. That's clearly... They had a cat issue. You know, when Sprinkles jumps through the screen door. You know what the good news is? The signs of demonic possession are actually really obvious. Hey, yeah. Do you have a cat? <laughs> it could be an infomercial. Is your cat always getting at your screen door? How many times has this happened to you? Then your cat's possessed. I've seen the convulsions, the rigid bodies, the frothing, the gibbering, and the speaking of unknown tongues. Bishop Portois says most exorcisms are a far cry for those portrayed in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Hollywood is commercialized. Yeah, it's total yeah. bullshit. It's all about the yeah. money. Yeah, it's not like it does, the real It's not stuff. about the journey. Yeah. <laughs> These are fucking artisanal exorcisms. Yeah, yeah. You often go through a prayer of exorcism and nothing external will happen to that person at all, and they will say... Only that they feel a gentle relief. But other times there can be a more dramatic reaction where the body reacts by swaying and writhing on the floor. The demonic presence can also react with a voice that responds in anger and ridicule. 
A bit, but how amazing, like, literally that is just somebody being like, ah, uh, yeah, no, I feel better. I feel better now that you guys stop pushing on my womb. I feel relief. Or it's the guy that's like, quit fucking throwing water at me and putting a cross on my face. Oh, he's being difficult. A demon, a demon. No, seriously, you're just fucking bugging me. Oh, God, the demon's upset. Get him. But it's also one of those great deals where he's made all the things about it that sound like it's not working signs that it is working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I just, I, I take these drugs. One of the signs that they're working is you might feel like they're not working. <laughs> yeah, everything they're saying is like somebody in a position where they're like, I'm fine. Oh, if they say I'm fine, that's working. They're in denial. Yeah. That's a demon. The voice will sometimes be gruffer than the person's voice with lots of swearing. I have seen things... It's just... It's <laughs> shouting. They're describing shouting. Yeah. I have seen things like the face of a woman changing to be like the face of a monkey. Well, that's very specific. <laughs> the face changed, and it was quite eerie. I bet. It was super eerie. Yeah. I mean, when I see a woman's face through a monkey, I'm like, that's eerie. <laughs> or I'm like, Fuck me! <laughs> Sometimes I, I gotta be honest with you That sounds like the excuse of a guy Who was caught fucking a monkey <laughs> Oh my god There was a woman here I started AIDS <laughs> That's um Okay j- Just so we know where we're at That's the first time I started AIDS Has gotten an applause <laughs> Since the first guy who did it. <laughs> well, the first guy who did it, everyone was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But now... You guys aren't fucking the monkeys? Am I the only one who's... Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not fucking them. I'm not... I don't have a relationship with... What do you guys want to do tonight? You guys want to just... Uh, I got to go. The lady. <laughs> Women, right? Uh, uh. Can't hang out. <laughs> Father of Morth, who helped found... <laughs> like the- a monkey on my back. <laughs> Father of Morth, who, who helped found the International Association of Exorcists, published Memoirs of an Exorcist, in which he recounts how some of his clients vomited up object, objects such as nails or glass. How, they you get used to being vomited over. I once performed an exorcism on a woman who managed to hit me in the face with a stream of vomit from the other side of the room. Physically impossible. I have seen someone vomit across the room. It's not physically impossible. You just have to swallow chewing tobacco in the eighth grade. What was that princess's name? (laughs) Bishop Patois says that uh, science is in retreat. I think we have come through a period in history where there was a tendency to dismiss the miraculous and devils and angels and so forth. I think we are now shifting back to realizing that all things cannot be explained medically and scientifically. Yeah, like murder. Brisbane's uh, Father Jordan says it is easy to tell when an exorcism, exorcism has been a success. It's all written in their face. Their faces are suddenly at peace. Oh. After a recent exorcism... Yeah, they're dead. A, a woman... <laughs> they are literally resting in peace. Yeah. <laughs> On a job well done, gentlemen. <laughs> She's definitely... There's not a demon in her. A woman after an exorcism recently said, I feel different. I feel strange. A lot more calm. I feel as though a weight has li- been lifted. Can you leave? <laughs> Yeah, that weight was the weight of, like, nine people just pushing on her. In Australia, more requests for exorcism come from the Gold Coast than anywhere else. The Gold Coast is not good at all. I do far more exorcisms there than in Brisbane. 
Father Brian Finnegan, acting head of the Catholic Archdiocese in Brisbane, said it was important for the church to carry out exorcisms. There are at least one exorcisms done an, a fortnight in Brisbane. That wow. does not surprise me because I imagine uh, from being uh, in, in the Gold Coast and being in Queensland, but particularly the Gold Coast, uh, there are a lot of young women who would wake up in the night and being th- think, that, oh my God, I'm being haunted by the ghost of this really old guy who died and then realise that's the guy they're married to. <laughs> <laughs> Great Gold Coast jokes. Once a month, my wife is possessed by a demon. She is... Get it out of her. Many of today's exorcists... Did it happen? No. Huh? No. Okay. (laughs) Many of today's exorcists have been officially recognized and trained by the Catholic Church. Don't want to be identified for fear of being besieged by calls day and night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Possessed. That's yeah. definitely why. That's like the Scientology shit. Yeah. Their training consists of attending a four-day seminar at the Vatican. A four-day <laughs> seminar? Yeah, that's all you need, four days. It's just... Ten One th- day is actually walking around. It's just $10,000. Come on down to the four-day seminar. Right. We've got a comedian on the second night. <laughs> He's the bishop. <laughs> Jim Jeffries is doing, uh, <laughs> he's doing a corporate gig there. They have a pamphlet, The Right of Major Exorcism. A pamphlet. The right requests a pamphlet. the a pamphlet, exorcist yeah. be appropriately robed yeah. in a white tunic and purple stole. That's if what you need. He yep. kneels, if so possible, enough. and lays his hands on the head of the afflicted. He uh-huh. shows them a crucifix. And if appropriate... Shows it to him. See that? Scary, isn't it? I also Already. love, by the way, this is also it, almost the exact same course to train a Santa for a department store. <laughs> No, that's harder. <laughs> uh, if appropriate, the exorcist breathes on the face. Not appropriate already. No. That's not appropriate. Yeah. Okay. You ready for this demon? <gasps> oh, my Fuck. God. What? <gasps> now look at this cross. Oh, that's all God. I got. What about bidding the Lord to drive out all evil by breath of your mouth. The right says the demand for exorcisms is growing, citing cases of women vomiting huge quantities of human sperm. Oh, boy. I'm going to get out of here. This is in the pamphlet that the church gave out. Well, that explains the sperm. Huge quantities of human sperm. Huge, what is that even? I, firstly, what is a huge quantity of okay. human sperm? For me, it's a bucket. So is this like bucket loads of sperm? Bucket loads of sperm. Ah, oh, what did you eat? <laughs> I, ate a, I ate a sperm whale. <laughs> Whole thing was filled with sperm. I thought it was mayonnaise. I guess it was sperm. Well, I'm done uh, with mayonnaise. They also vomit live black <laughs> nails or live animals, such as crabs or scorpions. <laughs> Which, okay. the book says, are almost always female. Okay. Well, thank God for the what specificity. Up, yeah. But Many- so, th- so it's all... I keep going. <laughs> uh, many exorcisms performed in Australia are rather boring, it seems. One exorcist was described... Uh, I was called to a house one Sunday night, and this woman was sitting in an armchair with her husband sitting on her. <laughs> they better have only had one chair in the house. <laughs> with, their, 
<laughs> tonight on a very special goggle box. <laughs> That's the laziest way to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to sit on you. We got a call, and they're sitting in an armchair with her husband sitting on her to keep her there, and she was kind of making a growling sound. Oh, like yeah. What you do when someone's sitting it's on you. you. But it turned out to be a case of hysteria. She was under great pressure at work. Oh, by the way, we don't use the term hysteria anymore. That's like from uh, the 1940s. It's what, what do you, you called great <laughs> <laughs> hysteria. It's like, is that not a kosher word anymore? Hysteria. Oh, in a medical practice? No, 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 no. Hysteria. Do you not fucking life like Def Leppard? <laughs> <laughs> great fucking album. That, Def that's what... hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time for a doctor to say it now. Put on Def Leppard. Hysteria. The only solution to this burn is pour some sugar in it. <laughs> it's in the name of love. Uh, Melbourne Bishop Peter Elliott. I know a case of a woman who claimed she had an angel guiding her and she used to talk to this angel, but it finally showed its true face and revealed it was a liar. Oh. It wanted control power over her. She was on the way to possession. I'd say she was halfway there, but she got spiritual help, and now she's happy. Oh, you've heard it what a million times. What the fuck is that? You're looking Sorry. at Will, right? Yeah, I mean, this is his place. I don't One think friend it... of mine was doing an exorcism, and he was thrown right across the sanctuary of the church and nearly broke his back on the altar's marble rail. In another case, in a town where there was an exorcism going on, at the point where the entity was sent back to where it belongs, into the abyss, the electrical system of the town blew up. Oh, demons. <laughs> Elliot, Bishop Elliot, lives in Ormond with his Burmese cat, Lord Justin. I mean, if I know anything from this story, that cat is possessed by a fucking demon. Surely it's just Justin, and Lord Justin is the fucking demon in the cat. You know, Lord Justin's always trying to get through the wire door in the back. It's a nightmare. Another Australian exorcist is Pastor Gerald James of Blacktown in Western Sydney. Oh, yeah. What's okay. up, guys? How you doing? He recently performed an exorcism and brought along a reporter. I mean, why Bad not? call. Bad why call. Wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Do a story on this. In the suburban home, a young man screamed and threw himself on the floor. He growled and shook his leg like a dog being scratched, then vomited creamy white phlegm. Not semen, though. Not semen. Well, I mean, that might just be the reporter not knowing what's happening. <laughs> we all know what that probably was. Female scorpions and sperm. <laughs> <laughs> These poor scorpions all covered in sperm. They're just trying you got to be by. careful with that vomit, too, because if it's female scorpions, the sperm could get in the female scorpion, and then you have a scorp baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Fact. He growled and shook his leg like a dog being scratched, then vomited creamy white phlegm, after which the exorcist told him to go to the bathroom and wash his face. <laughs> so it's just a classic exorcism. Uh, you want to wipe that off? The exorcist explained that the young man had been possessed for about a month by an unknown number of demons. He contacted the church because he was seeing things and hearing voices. You know, like yeah. schizophrenia. Like a mental at, disease. At the exorcism, the demon slash young man was questioned by the exorcist assistant. Uh, the exorcistant. <laughs> Who are you? I'm the king. I'm the killer. He replies, who do you want to kill? The man points with a shaking finger to his own face. 
The exorcism went on for about four hours. At one point, the young man grips his stomach and vomits a reddish bile into the bin. The spew is a demon being expunged from his body, Pastor James says. Pastor James sits next to the young man and speaks in a low voice. Have you eaten a dog? <laughs> Did you have Korean? <laughs> oh, my God. That's your first, that's your lead question. That's your lead question. Well, you threw up red. The kid, Was it a golden retriever? The kid's probably like Chinese. He's like, what the fuck is that, man? Seriously? You racist son of a bitch? No, no, I didn't mean it like that. No. Dogs are demonic. Have you eaten a dog? Once in a restaurant, the young man says. What? Did you eat, did you eat a pig's head? I might have. You bowed down and then you ate it? I guess so, yes, it's possible. Pastor James <laughs> then rises, yells, Burn, burn, burn! <laughs> this is awesome. So far, this is a story about a man getting killed for eating a Chico roll. Oh After my f- god! I'm, uh, that was that the reporter was there. <laughs> yeah, the reporter was watching. The reporter was like, "I need a new pen. I need a new pen." Did you eat dog? <laughs> After four hours, the man lies in a fetal position on the floor, quietly growling. Pastor James looks at his watch. That's it for the day. Go wash your face, he tells the demon young man who heads to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, thanks. Good day. If you want, Pastor uh, Gerald James can be found on the internet. His Hope Ministries will help you with your exorcism needs right here in Sydney. Ah, uh, we should get him on the podcast. <laughs> Associate Professor Sarah Ferber, an expert in the history of exorcism at the University of Wollongong. Did I do that right? Wollongong? Fuck yeah. That's going to be your new special, right? <laughs> Wollongong? Will you, will you please do that? And, that then, the, and then at the end, you hit a big gong. And you go, Wollongong. Well, I would, but it only really works in your accent, not mine. So I... <laughs> Wait, how does it sound? Well, it says Wollongong here. Oh, Wollongong. That like sounds wool. like, anyway. Well, we had some fun. <laughs> Didn't we, guys? We learned a lot. <laughs> uh, Associate Professor Sarah Ferber, an expert in the history of exorcism at the University of Wollongong says the emergence of a contemporary cult of exorcism is concerning. Exorcisms have been linked to 30 deaths in the past three decades, including two in Australia. The majority of victims were... And 28 in America. The The majority of victims were unwilling participants. When the human body is seen as a cosmic battleground, women and children in particular are vulnerable. Critics point out that priests are poorly qualified to diagnose mental illness. (laughs) What? And are likely to assume that any behavior in people which they cannot clearly explain may be the work of the devil. Mm. Severe psychological disorders such as schizophrenia or Tourette syndrome can produce symptoms similar to those who claim to be possessed by spirits. People who say they hear voices, especially if those voices are saying nasty things, may be suffering from schizophrenia. Furthermore, there is a danger that exorcism could prevent people seeking medical treatment for their condition. Psychosis may uh, go undiagnosed and treated uh, inappropriately. The person could then go on to self-harm or harm other people. That's it. Jesus Christ. That's your, your, that's your country. How do you guys feel right now? I mean, you knew it was going to get weird. Jesus. Uh, you thought it was going to be about, like, some guy uh, in the bush eating other dudes. It's not. 
It's not. That's what you're all thinking. Now, some of you guys were like, do it about the emu war. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do more than a 12-minute podcast. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, Jerry Stahl, who is, uh, you guys ever see the movie Permanent Midnight? Yes. It's about a writer who was a heroin addict. He, uh, he gave me this idea. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. <laughs> Right, but it also gives you in, an insight into how, like, like, as a comedian, here's the thing, and this is not to criticize your podcast, and I love it, and thanks for having me part of it. Whoa. Feels I like always, criticism's happening. But here, here's what I like to finish on, like a big fucking, like, nice moment, so we can all go on happy. Oh, no. Well, but but you're getting fucking that. advice Will, from a fucking heroine. Will, before? Who's <laughs> like, no, leave him sad at the fucking end. Thinking about no. mental illness well, and the role that religion plays in keeping mentally ill people sick and dead. Well, that's why we didn't do it, because we knew you'd do something like that. <laughs> Before we came here, we did five in a day, and Dave left, and I was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on right that's now? That's when Gareth became a cutter. Yeah. <laughs> I like my cutting style, too. It's really lazy. Yeah, super. Well, I'm not actually breaking the skin. I'm like, ah, oh, ah, oh, someday it'll cut. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Look, I'm sorry I made an important point at the end. I apologize. I but mean, most, it is, do, most all have been serious. It isn't, but it is an important point. Yeah, that's why I made it yeah. at the end. <laughs> Can we still do something funny before we leave? <laughs> If you could think of something, these are your exorcisms. Should we get naked? <laughs> should, what's the name of the, uh, the Western City place? Black what? Light Town. Should we all fucking head over there? <laughs> Stir some shit up? Act like we're all possessed and go bang on his door? <laughs> He'd be like, oh my God, there's 300 people. It's a night visitor. <laughs> Still would not be the weirdest thing you would see in Blacktown tonight. <laughs> not even fucking near. Would not make the Blacktown local fucking paper. <laughs> wow. Blacktown. P.S. A podcast happened. Blacktown sounds awesome now. What ha- what's, what's the deal with Blacktown? It's the worst. Is that it's what it like says on the sign criminals. when you drive in? <laughs> Wow. That, that's, yeah, that's their thing, claim to fame. They thought we can't be the best, so let's go for the other end. <laughs> we'll literally be the worst. By the way, is there anyone from like, down in this audience? Oh. oh. <laughs> Same guy for the listeners. Ah, so you must oh. be loving this. My God. Like, I'm anywhere. He bought one ticket. Eight of his friends are going through everyone's cars. <laughs> so do you like it there? You know, he's the move. mayor. Yeah. <laughs> That's his campaign slogan. This is literally their budget for PR. He's like, I think I can yell at the end of a podcast. Oh, that, 
It's the literal worst. Now, we've narrowed it down to five slogans. It's the literalist worst is catchy. It's a good one. I also like fuck me, though. <laughs> fuck me, Blacktown. I've heard that in porn. <laughs> thought we were having fun, guys. I thought this was a safe place. How do you feel about your, your religious people? I did it because, because of your, uh, your religious... Stance, well, uh, as a Christian, as a recently, people don't know this, but Will recently found Jesus. I literally found him. He was in Blacktown. (laughs) He was in between the couch cushions. Thank God, he was in Blacktown. I mean, thank Dad. He was in Blacktown jerking off behind a liquor store. Oh. That was Jesus. He was actually uh, licking off behind a jerky store. But <laughs> <laughs> I could say, yeah, you get those confused. I love how chewy it is. <laughs> oh, my jaw hurts after it. Oh, my God. And so salty. Uh, I- <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, I think we're all done here. Uh uh, no more land left to conquer. We have posters for sale. We have very few uh, of the dollop ones left, but if you don't get one here, you can get them online at a store merchandise. There's a bunch of hothead posters because people don't like those. <laughs> it's not true. It's not, no. <laughs> nice marketing technique, man. <laughs> you should work in black country. Yeah. That's fucking great, by Black the way. town. Yeah. Fuck. What did you call it? Black country, which is where my family lives in England. Which is the literal worst. Uh, so. <laughs> so close. God, I was knocking on the door of that guy. I was a night visitor. Anyways. You want to call it night visitor? Yeah, I think that's it. This is our last uh, uh, podcast in your lovely country. You guys have been... It's Okay. Garrett, uh, Gareth is doing a show tomorrow. Uh, oh, I wanted, yeah. We wanted to have him on this show, but because of your delightful driving, uh, we didn't get here in time. So he is doing a show tomorrow, and we'll post that on Twitter or Facebook. I can't remember the name of the place. Uh, I, I am... What? <laughs> oh. All right. Garrett, Gareth is I'm not happy him. right now. You're blocked. You are blocked. You're I... blocked. You are I black. fucking love that someone in this country can make a fucking flapper's call. Well, like that. I, it's as much as that best. joke needs to fucking die because it's dead like Princess Joan, <laughs> I was thinking that myself, that like <laughs> people in Australia are talking about flappers, which is... But also, there's more people in Australia talking about flappers than people in LA. <laughs> this is where I don't comment anymore. Um, so Garrel, Gareth will be at the... Garrel? F- <laughs> Is that where we're headed? We're past Gaza now? Garrel, Garrel, Garrel. It's actually Gary. <laughs> so... 
Thank you guys so much. You've been awesome. Thank you. Gareth and me, I think it's called Papa Gino's tomorrow. I'm doing the Crackers International show Tuesday at the Enmore. Thank you so much. Everybody, it's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 